welcome to The Grounding. I'm your host, Jordan Kavuma, and this podcast serves as your space to find clarity and grounding in your creative business. I hope that our time together will provide you with not only a clear vision for the way forward, but a strategy for how to achieve it while keeping the most important things the most important things. Because when you thrive, your business thrives. Hey guys, welcome back to episode two of season one of The Grounding. So I'm not going to lie, the idea of starting this podcast was and still is both thrilling and terrifying at the same time. I get really excited about the possibilities and the opportunities for growth with a new project, but I can also get really bogged down by everything that has to take place in order to get the ball rolling. But That is the reality of beginning. You just have to start. But in this first season of the podcast, I really want to focus on starting well. When you build a strong foundation for your business, you can keep moving forward without fear that the floor is just going to fall out from under you. But you might be thinking, I'm not just starting. What if starting for you happened years ago? Well, I firmly believe that it is never too late. If you feel like you have a lot of work to do in the foundational department, then let's get to work. Let's start making the changes that need to be made so that you can shape things up and get yourself back to creating a little bit of magic. If you haven't yet listened to season one, episode one, then take a minute, press pause, go back and do that now. It is going to lay the foundation for what we're going to talk about today. So in today's episode, I want to get a little bit vulnerable and talk about the five things that I personally would do differently if I was starting my business today. When I started selling my art online almost six years ago, I was very green. I had no idea what I was doing, and I really didn't even intend to start a business that would last as long as it has. I was just trying to make some money while my husband and I were between the States and Uganda working on his visa application. But here I am, hindsight is 2020. So here goes five things that I would do differently. Number one, I failed to establish my why. So this is something that we are going to deep dive in episode three, as well as talk about with my friend Catherine in episode four. But I'm sure that you aren't actually surprised that I'm bringing up this aspect of running a business. When I started selling my art, I didn't take it very seriously. I didn't think through my motivations as well as how I wanted to make people feel through my work and my business operations. I just thought that I would create some embroidery pieces, put them online and sell them. And that's what I did. And it was working for a little while, but when the industry started to get a, get a little bit crowded and I really had to get serious about what I was doing and why I was doing why I was doing it. Not only does establishing your why allow you to communicate well with your customers and your clients, but it will give you real clarity as you make decisions moving forward. 
Because I failed to get clear on my core beliefs that drive my business, honestly, I spent a good two years floating from trend to trend and trying to figure out what I was trying to reach. It was a lot of, I consider, wasted time. So if you feel like you might be a little bit foggy on your core beliefs that drive your business and how you effectively communicate those to your audience, then make sure that you listen in to episode three as we deep dive that topic. Number two is that I failed to find a mentor. So peers are priceless. (laughs) Very few things are going to compare to being able to sit and talk for hours over coffee with somebody who's just walking the road right alongside you. But I don't want you to underestimate the power of hearing somebody who's a few steps ahead of you. Having a mentor doesn't have to be a formal arrangement. You don't have to find someone who will meet with you weekly or anything. But I do think that it's important to have somebody to look up to. Someone that aligns with your core beliefs and does business in a way that you would like to do business. I don't believe that we're ever truly finished learning. And even those who are at the top of their game, they still have people that they look up to. So I would encourage you to do the same. If you're lacking somebody who is a few steps ahead of you in your industry, your business, that you think that you could learn from, then make it a priority just to search them out. It might be somebody that you can meet with face-to-face or somebody that you can chat with online or video chat or even a teacher that you can listen to through a course or a podcast or just some kind of online community. One note that I want to make on this before you start that mentor matchmaking game, it is about quality and not quantity. So having somebody who influences your decision making is a very serious thing. And it's not in your best interest to have 10 different voices weighing in on that. So make sure that you're really being careful about the advice that you are subscribing to. Thanks to the internet, we have limitless resources. So seeking out somebody that you can trust to learn from is surprisingly easy. And that's an amazing advantage, but don't allow it to run wild. Don't just hop on Pinterest or Google and start searching for a topic and then reading any blog post that you can find. You need to really vet the people that you're allowing to speak into your life. Take inventory of those voices whether it's real life voices or digital voices, because that space in your head is sacred and it is limited. So don't give it away freely. Number three was that I failed to get serious about money. (laughs) So I don't think anybody's really surprised that this made the list. Unfortunately, so many new business owners don't really look into what they need to set up as far as finances are concerned when they start their business. For me, that looked like not having a separate checking account for business funds for probably two years. I wasn't really keeping track of my receipts. I wasn't doing my monthly bookkeeping. I wasn't setting a budget for my business. I wasn't saving money for my business. It makes me squirm, like thinking about it now. But despite all of those mistakes, one thing that I did do from the beginning, somehow, by some miracle, was hire an amazing accountant that still works with me today to help me file my taxes. And then 
they played a huge role in gently guiding me through those first few months and years of not having any idea what I was doing. I, I understand that money can be really scary. A lot of people don't know what to do and getting professional help sounds expensive. So it's easier to just ignore it. And I think we can all agree that we know that's not the answer. And a lot of times dealing with money is a deeper topic than it seems. Money can make a lot of us feel inadequate and scared. And maybe the account balance in your checking account will be smaller than you want it to be. So if you run your numbers, you'll see you're not as profitable as you really think you are. So it's easier to sometimes just avoid it, but numbers don't lie. And if they aren't telling us the story that we want them to tell us, it can be a rude awakening. But let me tell you this. As soon as I started getting my financials in order and I started making an intentional effort to understand how money within my business worked and I did the bookkeeping and I paid attention to tracking my expenses, I saw growth in that area. I was able to spend wisely within my business and stop making stupid purchases. I was able to see when I paid um, a tool to do things for me, but that tool wasn't actually yielding profitable results. I was able to see when a certain product or collaboration was a real success and when I should focus more on that area. I was able to confidently know what I could hire out for and what I just realistically needed to do for myself. There's a lot of power that comes with gaining control over your finances. So if you're shrinking away from that part of your business Either jump in and do your research to know what steps you need to take to get on top of it or hire a professional to help you out. It will not be money poorly spent and it is an incredible investment in the health of your business. Number four was that I failed to set boundaries. So without going into all the details, I started my business selling hand embroidery art on Etsy six years ago after I moved back to the States from living in Uganda after college. So while I was in Uganda, I met my now husband, Paul, and when we decided that we wanted to get married, I came back to the States to work on his visa application. So during that time that we were waiting for his visa to be processed, I started my business. But at the time, I thought it would just be a temporary thing until he got to the States and we decided what would be next for us. But his visa was processed. We got married. I kept selling my art. And I would always say that I would give it another six weeks and then start looking for a job. And those weeks would go by and I would push it back. And then those weeks would go by and I would push it again. So I kept making sales. I was making money. I was enjoying it. So after two years of starting my of starting and running my business, I finally decided to call it a business. And that's fine. It's okay for life to take unexpected turns, but the problem came when I didn't set boundaries within this new business. I was just enjoying the growth and I wanted to see more growth. I didn't have any idea what I was doing, so I would grasp at anything I thought would bring in more revenue or get me in front of more people. And because of my lack of boundaries, I was working crazy hours and sometimes seven days a week. And Paul was helping me so that I could keep up with all this crazy stuff that I committed to. And at some point, it just, it was not sustainable. And I, I personally just hit a wall. So one argument I think would be that if I hadn't have worked so hard in the beginning, then maybe I wouldn't have had the growth that I had in my business and I wouldn't be where I am today. 
And yes, I see the point in that, but I would love to offer another perspective, a different perspective. What if I had set the boundaries, established my guiding principles, narrowed in on who I wanted to reach, and did it all without sacrificing my sanity? Maybe I would have missed out on some cool opportunities, but maybe I would have also missed out on the 10 months of burnout that I went through that left me completely uninspired and void of any motivation to get work done. Maybe I would have avoided the year-long journey it took me to overhaul my entire business and shift it into the model that would work for years to come. Maybe I would have been able to enjoy my time, more time with my friends and family during those early years instead of being eyeballs deep in sewing and orders and commissions. Like I talked about in episode one, your business is not the most important thing about you. You are not only building a business, you are building a life and it is your life, your one and only life. So set boundaries. Do not let your business fill up every space that you have available. If anything, view it as being well-rounded. It's hard in the beginning to give space to things other than your business if you haven't been in the practice of giving space to other things than your business. But as time goes on and you're able to be refreshed, you will see your quality of life increase as well as the quality of work that you are able to produce. It's a one-for-one trade-off and trust me, it actually happens. (laughs) Number five was that I failed to verbalize my dreams. Dreaming big usually isn't an issue for creatives. Our mind works in that special way where we are able to see possibilities that are not right in front of us. But if we keep those to ourselves or we never speak them into existence, then it's really easy to never take action. Or the alternative is to never externally process these ideas and move forward with acting on them when maybe it's not a great idea to do so. Taking a dream through the steps to becoming a reality can be a really complicated process and even the path to knowing if that dream should become a reality could use some external processing and potentially some feedback from others. When I was starting... I had finally decided that I was going to pursue this business. I had so many ideas for the things that I wanted to do. So many ideas. And then some of them turned out really great. And then some of them not so much. I would have really benefited from not only verbalizing my dreams and goals, but verbalizing them to someone who could weigh in and offer some serious feedback. So I know that you have dreams. I know that you have goals. So I want you to write them down. I want you to speak them aloud, tell them to someone, think through them, and process them with someone that you trust. Because when you're able to do that, then you'll be able to weed out a lot of things. You'll be able to refine a lot of things. And sometimes you can even improve upon a lot of things. I hope that hearing these five areas that I have struggled with in my business encourages you to not only avoid them, but to not feel alone if you've already experienced them. The happy ending to this story is that change took place. I've been able to shift, to refocus, and to see progress in all of these areas. So make note, I did not say in any way perfection. I want to offer you potential solutions 
and have conversations about areas in your life and business that you can improve. But I never want to give the false assumption that I no longer struggle myself. Many of these principles stem from different disciplines that you have to develop, muscles you have to build. So that means that you will get better over time. It's going to come easier for you, but you're not immune to failure. And I don't want that to be discouraging. It really should be freeing. You are allowed to fail. You're even expected to fail. It's what you do with your failure that matters. So if any of these five areas that I've mentioned in this episode or current roadblock that you're facing, get to work to change that. You don't have to keep doing the same things that aren't yielding results. The best thing about running your own business is that you're running the show. You can pivot and make changes whenever you want to pivot and make changes. If you're unsure of how to make these changes or you would like to externally process some thoughts and get honest and actionable feedback, then head over to jordankavuma.com and schedule a discovery call with me. I would love to chat with you and help you come up with a plan of action to see real progress in the areas of your business that matter. Keep the most important things the most important things. Work hard to find solutions to the problems that are facing you today so that you can refocus and move forward tomorrow. You don't have to just keep struggling through the same issues over and over and over again because you think that's just the way that it has to be. That is not the way that it has to be. There are solutions. There is an opportunity for growth. And it's worth it because when you thrive, Your business thrives. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into this episode. I just want to remind you that the very last episode of this season is going to be the listener Q&A episode. So that means that you will send in your questions. I will seek to answer them on the episode. So the way that you can send in your questions is through Instagram. You can send me a DM, you can comment on a post, or you can shoot your question over in an email to jordan at jordankavuma.com. And um, the questions can be about whatever you want them to be about. They can be about any episode in this season. They can be a general business question. They can be a personal question. I'm an open book. So go ahead and send those in. I cannot wait to answer them in episode eight. And I look forward to hearing from you soon. Thanks so much for listening in on this episode of The Grounding. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you can have new episodes delivered straight to your podcast feed. The best way that you can continue to support the growth of this podcast is to leave a review in iTunes. That will allow more creative business owners just like yourself find us and join our community to find clarity and grounding. Talk soon.